Hello and welcome to When the Flames Go Up, the ATFC podcast with me, Will Brown. We've got a panel of four people today on the pod discussing their days out at West Brom. Despite losing 4-1, we have plenty to talk about. Uh, the atmosphere, the Smevic end and how it looked, all those good things. We also move on to talk about Bishop's Thought for the Way at the weekend, our thoughts on the kind of lineup, the opposition, and our hopes of uh, getting through to the fifth round, as well as some chat about the National League picture and how it will look when we play Kidderminster Harriers. Let's let's let the panel uh, discuss, and I'll speak to you after. Right, let's get into the West Brom away day out, the match, and all things all things about. Um, the 4-1 defeat um, with Oli Bray scoring the consolation goal to send the near 5,000 in the Smevic end um, wild. Um, and tonight we've got a panel of three of us. We've got Ian, Joe and Julian. So we're going to get their thoughts on on the match and their day out in just a second. Um, so just to run through the the, the game, I suppose. Um, Nathaniel Chalabar scored in seven minutes. Joven Malcolm, who I said on the pod last week, hasn't scored on loan. Um, capitalised on Harry's slip-up to score on 15th minute before Daryl DK, who I knew was going to score because he came back from a nine-month um, layoff. Um, so that made it 3-0 after 27 minutes. And then a nice second half where we were in the game for a fair portion of it before Tom Fellows made it 4-0 to cap off his... Uh, Near enough man of the match performance. Um, and then the aforementioned Oli Bray scoring his first goal for older shot in the 90 plus five. Um, let's go to you first, Ian. Um, how are you? And how was your day out in West Brom? Yeah, I had a great day. Uh, arrived nice and early. I think I went to that uh, Royal Oak pub to start with 11.30. Plenty of shots in there. Uh, and then we moved to the ground for half past 12 and enjoyed the uh, singing in the concourse, even if the beer wasn't particularly good. Uh, the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. And then, yeah, managed to find my seat in the Smevic end. And, yeah, the, the match, I suppose, to some extent, was we brought back down to earth because, obviously, I was feeling pretty optimistic, pretty positive beforehand. But uh, any small mistake that the shots made was capitalised on by the West Brom team. And the thing that stood out the most for me was that the West Brom, especially their back line, they just looked like giants compared to the shots. That it has been a thing this year that Aldershot haven't been bullied by other teams like perhaps they would have been in previous years. But this time... They seemed enormous compared to us. And I sort of wonder whether, even if Josh Stokes had played, how he would have got up against their defence, because I don't think he'd have had much joy at all. Uh, but enjoyed the game in the end. It was a great occasion, and it was great that we got a goal to go mad at at the end. And then because I think they kicked off and then the final whistle went immediately. It was great to uh, sort of be jumping up and down. And it meant that our last sort of memory of the game is a positive one. 
Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've noted down how athletic and big that the especially the back line. I mean, Carl Bartley was like a man mountain. Just it, it felt like he barely got out of a jog as well. Most of the time, he's just he was so ahead of the game. And uh, let's go to you, Joe. How was your your day out at West Brom? Yeah, it was a really lovely day out. Nice, um, quiet journey up the M5, which is a rarity. Um, lovely breakfast at Gloucester Services, best service station in the country, I think. Um, but that's a separate podcast. Um, and then, yeah, got to West Brom nice and early, uh, parked up about half an hour away, um, went to the pub, got to the ground. Uh, my dad had left the tickets in the car, so we went back came back got in there eventually um but we were there with plenty of time um it was an amazing atmosphere um you're not going to go to many shots games with an atmosphere like that i think the last one that i can remember like that was um when we went to stoke for our playoff final uh, not wembley um but uh yeah that's the last sort of memory i have of there being that many shots all together at once it felt like the entire entire fan base was there plus a few more um the size of the West Brom players, that was something I wrote down. Um, I think it was really, I actually really appreciated watching um, a defender of that quality. Is it Bartley? I think his name is. Um, I was really, really impressed with with his physicality and his um, his skill on the ball and his passing ability. And it was just, yeah, he he was my West Brom man of the match. He barely looked like he'd got out of first gear um, and he still looked that good. Um, I thought we set up a little bit, possibly too defensive. Maybe give him a little bit too much respect. Um, I think that's probably a fair enough approach to have taken, but I think we really struggled in that first half to go at them. I think part of that was probably forced by the fact that Stokes wasn't there and Minoga, one of our main attacking threats out of defence, wasn't there either. And they, they're what often carries us forward. Um, so I think we had to adjust to a, a lineup that we haven't really played before. Um but, you know, that's just one perspective. They are, they are three leagues above, so they were always going to, you know, probably come out on top. What else have I got down? Yeah, I thought um, when Willard came on, he was he really changed the game. Um, I think he he made, made the West Brom defence a bit panicky. I know they'd made some changes sort of at a similar time and were probably adjusting as well, but... I think perhaps if Willard had started, it's all very well in hindsight, but if he'd have started, maybe we might have had a bit more of an attacking chance. Um, their goalie wasn't really tested. And when he was tested, he sort of threw it into his own goal. So, um, yeah, lots to take away from that game. Um, but yeah, it's just an amazing day out. And uh, I was just really happy I could go and it will live long in the memory. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think that's... Uh... They definitely, I mean, I was going to mention him later, but Tom Fellows down the right, I think definitely just forced us into looking very defensive anyway. Ollie Scott was basically terrorised for 90 minutes down that, uh, down the right-hand side. Um, and he finally did get his goal um, to add to his assist um, for Chalabar's goal. Um, and Julian, I'll come to you. How was your day out in West Brom? Yeah, well, thanks. Um, it was a great day. Um, just like Joe said earlier on, I was trying to think of the last time it felt just as good as that, and and it was probably the Stoke Stoke game. So that's that's twenty years. And for for those that are my age, you might remember the the Wolves playoff game as well. It's this very similar sort of thing. Yeah, it's few and far between. And and yeah, the Stoke game was a long time ago. So really enjoyed the day. Um, got up there nice and early. 
um, again, sampled the, the services on the M5, which um, I would agree with you, Joe, were, were pretty special. And um, again, another podcast we can talk about services. But um, yeah, no, really enjoyed it. They got there nice and early. Um, rather than hitting the pub, I thought I would just head to the ground straight away. And I was really interested to listen to some um, West Brom supporters just to get their view on on how they thought the day was going to go. And I just got to say, really good supporters, really nice supporters. Um, always happy to have a chat. And um, yeah, they, they were saying very similar things. They were looking forward to seeing some of the youngsters play. Uh, They're expecting a victory. And yeah, to be, to be fair, and they were right. Um, but with regard to what they were saying, um, they were saying, look out for Tom Fellows. He, he's something special. Um, the, the guy that stood out for me, actually, was the, the young guy in, in the midfield, um, Fenton Hurd, made his debut, hadn't even been out on loan anywhere. So that's his, literally his first game in senior football. And um, the, the baggy supporters absolutely fell in love with him already. Just been looking at some of the, the feedback after the game. They, they thought he was superb and I thought he was superb as well. Um, so, yeah, really enjoyed the game. Um Ian and Joe have, have alluded to it. You know, the, the defence were huge and so dominating. You know, we, we were always going to struggle against them. But, um, you know, OK, we were hopeful of a result. But, but you know, in hindsight, I think we knew what the result was going to be. But you know, no one can take away that day from us. And one of the other interesting things that I've seen from the baggy supporters is that they were so impressed with our support. Um, you know, they were, a lot of them were saying the championship teams would not be taking, uh, would not be filling 20% of that end. And, you know, I, I just saved so many pictures on my phone of, of the, this Smethwick end with, with all our supporters on. It's just an incredible picture. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they'll all be there for Bishop Stortford on Saturday. Yeah, there'll be plenty of plenty of um well, they can't comparisons. It's not big enough. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think that the sight of that Smithwick end after afterwards and seeing like the the Guardian write up about you know and the mail write ups about the game and the atmosphere and stuff. It was it was brilliant to to read afterwards. I'd forgotten what kind of big game that's covered by like national media is like as well. We've it's been so long since we've kind of had anyone involved. I mean, I suppose it would have been, it would have been 10 years since that Middlesbrough game. And then two years before that with the Man United game. So yeah, I, I, I'm still, I mean, it's, it's on my, all my wallpapers now because I, I can't think of anything that's going to overtake that for a while. I, I guess to echo everyone else's thoughts, it was, it was amazing. And if you get a chance, have a look at Shahid Azim's statement that, it, that came out um, Wednesday. Um, which which kind of sums up the nice FA Cup run that we've had, and um, yeah, I had a brilliant day. Um, my auntie, cousin, cousin's wife, all in our little corner. We were near Ian. We were just discussing before, but um, we we never crossed paths. Um, Ian and Joe did meet though, so we've we've got that the the crossing of of when the flames go up um, panel members. Right over the other side, actually. Um, right on the opposite side, right at the back as well. So had a, a great view of of all the balloons flying at the start and um, obviously wasn't as close to the flares as you guys probably were, but um, again, saw, saw all of that as well. And looked like there was a little bit of 
uh, banter going on with the uh, with the West Brom fans that are quite near to you guys as well. Yes, yeah, I think I think I've got a fair bit of saliva that I had to clear off my the back of my head um, from the, the vitriol thrown between two two sets of fans. I mean, it was quite fun to be honest watching these twelve year old kids, um, and then and also we've got obviously some twelve year old kids on our side. Um, I guess I was just going to mention. I know Joe picked out um, Willard and kind of said his his second half performance was um, maybe warranted a start. Um, has anyone got a kind of highlight for an older shot player of the match that they thought stood out and, and showed themselves well on that big stage? Tyler Frost had a good game, I thought. Uh, he did very well. But I think to large as well with limited service, he carried on his work rate. It probably would have been an afternoon for somebody just to give up and not particularly try and just think, oh, I'm not going to get any joy here. But he just kept going. Uh, so that was really positive as well and you know that's the sort of thing we talked about the last podcast that uh, if anyone was watching him with a view to a move then um, that would have gone down well with any scouts watching but uh, unfortunately it's not the day to sort of criticize or single out players unfortunately but I think a number of the Aldershot team will probably feel they didn't perform at their best whether that was because West Brom didn't let them uh, but there were a few people who probably sort of be kicking themselves a little bit that they didn't show us how good they are. Yes, and you say that, Ian, because um, I was thinking exactly the same. Um, Tyler Frost for me stood out. You know, he just kept doing the same thing. So he'd pick the ball up in the middle and he'd drive forward, which uh, which did cause them a few problems. Um, but I, I agree with you, Ian. I think there are two or three that, you know, there, there were some misplaced passes, uh, which I don't normally see week in, week out. So whether it was just the occasion or, as as you said, Ian, whether it was that they just weren't uh, allowed to perform by West Brom. But, um, yeah, I, I agree again, Ian. I don't think it's a case of singling out anybody. It's just one of those days. And, um, you know, some did well. Uh, and actually agree with you, Joe, about Tommy Willard as well. When he came on, he made a difference. He he was moving forwards and Widrington and O'Keefe both in the centre both ran out of legs sort of 60 70 minutes gone um so I think whether Willard has started that might have been a, a call but you know hindsight's a wonderful thing I wanted to say as well I really really felt for Kean Harry's because he has been fantastic um on the ball as a ball playing centre half and his probably biggest mistake of of our season came on the biggest stage and that's just sheer bad luck and what I did notice watching obviously we were at the far end for the three West Brom goals and um, watching the highlights back their finishes were incredibly clinical actually um I think is it DK's one where he sort of pivots and just puts it in the top corner and that that was a really good finish um they didn't actually have many shots um but the shots they did have went in and that's a uh, doesn't always happen against our regular National League opposition often end up over the bar so <laughs> Yeah, de- definitely. Kian Harris is is one of those things, isn't it? It was, you know, it wasn't a a dangerous ball back to him. It wasn't really like pressed under pressure. It's just one of those things. He, he won't slip up like that again. You know, he'll be he'll be ball rolling it past centre centre forwards in no time. So um, he can get rid of that one now. Get get out of the FA Cup, and then we'll go to the uh, FA Trophy. Um, 
Yeah, I just want to mention the the match program. I don't know if you guys picked one up. I I hadn't picked one up yet. I'm going to get one online. Just a lovely design on the front um, that I really liked, and it just got flagged up to me today because I haven't actually got one. But my but Callum, um, uh, there was a kind of little quiz question in there that was what West Brom at Chelsea have only ever signed two players from Aldershot. Curiously, both were goalkeepers. Who was the first? And uh, I, I mean, you you probably won't know the answer. It's it was Fred Brown in 1955, which is um which is my granddad. And then the other was signing Clive Jackman two years later. So that was pretty mad. So I'm going to get as many copies as possible of that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Any 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 final thoughts? I suppose on on the the West Brom day and anything you fancy uh, chatting about? Um, I noted down um, Ollie Bray. I think he's really exciting. I think he's only probably played about 20 minutes for us because he's got to try and break into a front line that have got F35 goals at least between them. Um, so to try and, as, as well as you play in training, as, as as good a prospect as you are, to to get a start with those with those three is, is really hard. But, um, you know, to come on for 10 minutes and score, he's certainly putting himself out there. And I think uh, I'm really excited to see what he brings because he will get minutes as the season goes on because we got um we've got a quite a congested fixture list in the next six weeks. Um so I'd be interested to see if he uh gets a few more minutes. Yeah. And how about you, Ian and Julian, do you, you think Ollie Bray's in, in for a starting berth on uh, on Saturday? Um isn't he cup tied, I think Lewis oh, I think around that. Is, isn't I think he is, yeah. He mm. played for Willand in like some qualifying round or something. <laughs> That's annoying. Yeah. Well, there goes that dream. Yeah. yeah, I think he won't play on Saturday then, guys. Um, <laughs> we'll but, know we're um, out of the cup if he does. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Oli Bray did, did well. Um, it's going to be a moment he's never going to forget, isn't it? Um, I thought it was quite funny how there was this long delay of about three seconds. The ball went in and, and because we were so far away, we didn't really know if it had gone in. So we sort of started cheering and then it just went a little bit crazy after that. Yeah, it did it did look a bit side netting y. I don't know if the because it's because the way that the ball hit the inside of the side of the net, it kind of looked like it because there was a defender in the way. I th- I thought it was side netting, so I didn't celebrate until they started celebrating. So it was a bit like the speed of sound and d- distance all, all coming together before we celebrated. Well, um, let's let's round off the uh, the West Brom. I mean, we'll have to go through an FA Cup roundup at some point um, to cover all the the, the best moments. Um, but should we? Do you want to do an FA Cup moment of the year <laughs> of of this uh, campaign off the top of your heads? How about that, Joe? Do you want to go first? I, I know you might be off very shortly. Yeah, I've got to shoot off. Um, I've got a, a squash match. How exciting! Um, so, oh, that moment of the year. You kind of put me on the spot there, but. Uh... I can't say Swindon away as a collective moment of the year, so I'd probably probably have to pick out a goal from that game. Um, I think that first goal at Swindon, um, just because of I think there were so many of us there with a hope of an upset, but the 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 speed with which we went one nil up. Um, but I, if I can group the, the first ten minutes of Swindon away into one moment, if you'll allow me that, um, that was just. Yeah, I don't think I've felt that much ecstasy at a football match um, at once. I think it was shock, uh, excitement, and just delirium. Yeah, yeah, everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's my my moment. 
highlights of the year. <laughs> Fair play. I mean, I think that will probably be echoed by uh, by Julian and Ian. But um, Julian, do you want to <laughs> do you want to give us your your moment? Yeah, same again. Sort of after ten minutes, I've never known so many people at the same time say, "What is going on?" It was just bizarre. It was. It was didn't seem like it was real. Um, but that has to be. Yeah, three nil up after nine minutes has to be the the moment for me. Go on, Ian. Are you going to complete it? I've got the go same game. The same game for me. Swindon away. It can't be anything else. But I think the sixth goal from Talaj because it was just. Again, where everything was just going right, and it was just a brilliant, well, not a long range, but sort of twenty-five yard off from outside the box, and yeah, six nil. And I don't think I'd seen all the shots saw six for about twenty years, or or whatever as well. So it, it was that moment, and thinking, wow, uh, this could be ten. If it carries on like this, so I'd go first when we went six nil up rather than three nil. Nice. I think in a, in a similar a similar vein when we were seven nil up and singing "We want eight, we want eight, I think you know that's an all timer. We ne- we'll, we'll never probably hear that again. Also, I I bumped into Ivo Graham, um, comedian and Swindon Town fan, about two weeks after in a bar. And I spoke to him about the Swindon game and he, you know, talked about it. And um, he mentioned me on his uh, podcast. So I'm going to play him talking about the Swindon game slightly and mentioning me. We had a lovely time watching Youth Lagoon at the back of Evolutionary Arts Hackney and then scurried off to a sports bar nearby. Scurried off to a sports bar where we were accosted by a very lovely fan of the podcast whose name I can't recall and I feel bad about that and I think you know that I feel bad about that. But thank you for saying hi and also we did a crossword with you. Yes, you read a crossword and we did it together and I can't remember and I won't try and remember the thing that I was particularly (laughs) pleased with getting. There we go. But he was a fan of Aldershot Town who had very recently slaughtered Swindon in the FA Cup so he had a a bit of fun with that. Okay, well, next up is another cup game, FA Trophy fourth round away to Bishop Stortford um, at Woodside Park. I can't remember what their sponsorship name is, so sorry about that sponsorship team. Um, apparently, we've played them twice in cup competitions. I say apparently, we have. 1998 to 1999, beat them 2 0 in the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. And in the 03 04 season, in the third round of the FA Trophy, we beat them 4 2 away. Um, and we were in the same league in 98-99 and 02-03, if you can keep up with that, in the Ishman Premier Division. So we know them a bit. Um, and yeah, let's uh, let's dive into our kind of thoughts on, on the game ahead. They're currently bottom of the league in, famously, the National League North. They played their local rivals, South Shields, um, on Tuesday night um, and lost 3-2, um, two goals in the last 10 minutes to... Um, yeah, leave them kind of about, I can't remember how many points off, but I mean, the bottom four of the National League North is basically the South anyway. You've got Banbury Town in there and uh, Kings Lynn, but Kings Lynn's kind of North. Um, the one note on Ethan Burnett, who went out on loan, he got 63 minutes in that game. Um, and I presume he's not playing against us on Saturday. 
Um, so I'll come to you first, Julian. Um, what are your thoughts on opponents for the weekend? And yeah, your kind of thoughts on who we might put out on the pitch? Yeah, it's really interesting that you know, within six days of playing West Brom, we're playing with, with all due respect to Bishop Stortford, a, a slightly different game. Um, they're obviously going to be short of confidence. But as we know, you know, cup games can can be a great leveller. And I think the weather's not going to be particularly exciting this weekend. So, you know, if it's a little bit bumpy, again, it's it's going to level it out. So I think I think Tommy's going to make a couple of changes. Uh, yeah, there's a, a couple of players that still need to get back up to match fitness. I think Ollie Scott will stay in. He's had sort of two or three games now. I think he'll stay there. Uh, I think Tommy Willard will play. Uh, and I think with uh, Theo Withington will play as well, give him some valuable game time. Um, we've already discussed about Ollie Bray. I think he's cup tied for the game, which is a real shame. Uh, but other than that, I can't see too many. Oh, uh, Mullins will play, I think, as well. He'll get some, some game time. But other than that, I can't see too many changes. Uh, I always worry about these sorts of games because every single supporter, everyone's going to be expecting a victory here. Um, so I just hope that we do go into this game with the professionalism and and probably a bit like West, what West Brom did to us, get an early goal. And I think that will then settle everything down. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in previous years, um, an away tie to Bishop Stortford in the fourth round would have meant there's there's no chance we win that. Um, to be honest, but with Tommy, I, f- I feel confident after beating Lewis. That was almost my moment of the of the FA Cup run. To be honest, beating a a, a team we should beat in the FA Cup to get through to the first round. Um, and Ian, what are your thoughts on uh, on Saturday's tie? Yeah, looking forward to this one. That uh, it sounds like we're potentially in a position to give the FA Trophy a real go, and that'll get us the much coveted visit to Wembley if it goes well enough. Obviously, a lot needs to happen. A lot needs to go right before that can happen. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to this one. It, uh, it's going to be another way trip. And uh, I think, while clearly we won't have the support that we had at West Brom, I think there's going to be a decent number looking to travel still. Um, teams, I suppose, he did make quite a few changes against Eastleigh in the last round. So maybe it'll be a similar sort of side to the one that was put out against Eastleigh, but I would hope it will be a side that's good enough to beat a team that's at the bottom of the division below. Um, You do wonder if Bishop Stortford were allowed into the South, how they would be doing in that league. Um, Interesting to see where they would be if they were in the sort of more logical geographical division. But um, yeah, optimistic, uh, but it's right what Julian says that we shouldn't get carried away and um, assume that we're going to turn up and we're going to progress into the next round. Got to be careful. Early goal, fantastic. Just want to see a good professional performance. You know, straightforward 2-0. Something like that would be very welcome. Yeah, I think that's the that's the dream, isn't it? A nice, nice, comfortable one. I'm I'm sure they'll make it as hard as possible for us um, uh, up there. Um, I did notice they did have um, three substitutes on the bench 
uh, on Tuesday night. Um, so I don't know if they're looking to get some more players in before the weekend or if they've got anyone returning. Um, so that did mean, yeah, Burnett got 63 minutes. He literally just signed, which kind of reminded me a bit of the, the Mosley years and uh, just randomly turning up to a, a new player coming into the starting eleven. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see Aaron Jones get another uh, a few minutes more in his uh, in his legs. Um, and when, yeah, I suppose I suppose we're gonna we can afford to give ninety minutes to some players, especially Stokes. He can he can probably have ninety if he wants. We've, we've got another week until the next game. I think I think Tommy's pretty happy with that until we've got three games in uh, or four games in ten days. I think after that, so might need to be careful. Um, so I guess we've yeah we've alluded to the kind of the lesser away attendance than the uh, the four thousand eight hundred. Um, what do we think? How many people do we think are gonna are gonna go? I, I'm I'm not sure. I think with Kidderminster the, the Saturday after, it's a little bit tricky. I, I guess people might be choosing between the two. What are your thoughts, Julian? Um, I think there'll be 200, 200, max 250. Uh, it's not a million miles away. And you, there's always the hardcore away sport, isn't there, that will go to, to every single game. So, yeah, I'd say 200. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Ian? You're around that area, ballpark? Yeah, maybe a bit more. I mean, I think it's obviously three away games in three week, consecutive weekends. So if people are going to look to miss one, Bishop Stortford might be the one, but at the same time, it is an easier journey from from Aldershot. That it's, I think it's about when I was looking at my train times earlier, it's thirty five minutes from Liverpool Street. So uh, that might sway people to come this weekend rather than go to Quidditchster, perhaps. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe more like two fifty three hundred. We've not played there for twenty years, so that might get the people wanting to tick off the ground, things like that as well. That, I think, always plays a part as well. Whereas if we were playing someone that we've played, you know, 10 times in the last 15 years, then you get plenty of people decide to bid it off. Yeah. Yeah, and this one's this one's quite good. It's a new ground for me. Um, but, I mean, pay on the day, £15, superb. And there's a, apparently a dedicated Aldershot Away fan zone, um, which which should be interesting to see. I don't know if they normally have a, a fan zone. It did say, did say on the kind of older shot statement that they're expecting a bumper kind of following. I don't know what bumper means in the, con- uh, you know, a week, six days after we, t- we take that amount to West Brom. Um, it, got, it did get me thinking, as soon as I hear like fan zone, I think of the Maidenhead one, which is never open. And then Ebbsfleet had a kind of a fan zone thing that was just a pump of Fosters that they would... Uh, each person that queued up would then ask for a Fosters and then they'd start pouring and then the next person would come behind and, and then ask for a Fosters and they'd start pouring. And it drove me insane that they weren't just constantly pouring and just, you know, what can you do? Um, so I guess let's move on to some some score predictions. And we've had we've had a, a shout for 2-0. I, I, I think 2-0 and I think that's more out of hope. I think um, we don't want any silly... Red cards or penalties, that, that kind of thing. Nice, nice and easy too now. Um what, what do you think, Julian? Uh I'll go for two one. I think um we may concede one. Whether or not we concede first is another matter, but I think we may concede. So I'll go for two one. And what do you think, Ian? You're around that two one, two nil area. Yeah, I'm sticking with the two nil. I think nice. hopefully it'll be an early goal. 
we'll keep them at arm's length and then hopefully get a goal on 75 80 to kill it off nice yeah well let's hope let's hope we're discussing the uh the fifth round draw um come next week and uh seeing who we've got i think it will be i no, i'm not going to say it i was going to say something about the, when that game might be let's not do it um so any other business this week is probably just a little roundup on uh on the national league while we've been away which will be two weeks by the time we get to um kidderminster so Oldershot are currently 10th. Uh, Chesterfield are at home to Gateshead this this evening, which is Wednesday when we're recording. Um, so we'll see how many points we are off the playoffs come next week. Um, there's only one game in the National League on Saturday because most teams got through. Um, it's Eastley versus Southend. So we could be down to 11th on, on goal difference um, with a win. I know we kind of talked about it last week and, and kind of asked like, Maybe not concerns, but it it was interesting to see how far we're going to be off the playoffs. How how do we feel about it after after the FA Cup weekend? Um, come to you, Julian. Yeah, I think I mentioned in the last podcast that if we weren't careful, we could be uh, chasing with with games in hand. It's always that interesting point whether you prefer the points in the bag or whether you want the games in hand, and of course that depends on whether you're winning or not. But um, we're we're still going to be there, you know. There's there's a bunch of teams on forty points. Um, I think fifth place team is it Altrincham from memory are on forty three, so you know, there's only three points separating. Uh, Solihull seem to have gone a bit of a run again. I thought they were going to drop away, but um, they've they've uh, got back on on the horse. So, um, I think it's all down to us. I don't think there's much point in looking at everybody else. I think. Yeah, we've as soon as the Bishop Stortford game is out of the way, um, we need to get on the get on the wagon again and start winning some games. And um I think uh, I think we can do it. I suppose it's worth worth mentioning that the, the first kind of league game back is is Kidderminster away, which is um where Dean Holdsworth is currently um residing. I'm not sure what his whether he's had a word to beat the manager yet. But uh he's, he's just stuck rid the manager, of the manager, so yeah, just <laughs> he's made one, got one step closer to being the manager again. Yeah, um, I wonder whether they'll bring in twenty six loan players and not play any of them. We can only dream before before next Saturday. That'd be nice. Um, and how, how do you feel about the the kind of how it's how things are looking at the moment, Ian, in the National League? Yeah, I'm still as optimistic as I was uh, a couple of months ago after the sort of great win at Bromley. I think was when we did our first or second podcast. Um, yeah, it's a big few weeks because Hidderminster, you you really do want to win at that one. Probably at home, you'd probably be happy with a draw. And then Rochdale at home is one we want to win because that's up against a team that we lost to recently and also probably one of our contenders or competitors for a playoff place as well, I think. So... Yeah, big few weeks that. Um, but I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm still still hopeful. And um, a lot of the fixtures, I think, coming up seem to be a lot of teams around us playing each other. So like Eastley South End, for example, is one where a draw probably suits us, doesn't it? Yeah, I think maybe that... would get would take a South End win, I suppose, with their uh, points deduction that they're more like a. They should be on about forty points as well themselves. 
Yeah, that's true. I feel like I think they're signing a couple of players in in January now that the uh, the um, embargo or or ban is is lifted. So we might see them have a, a stronger side, or at least be able to fill their bench uh, most weeks as well. So potentially a, an Eastley win might be. I can see. I can see Eastley dropping off, but yeah, but I mean, they're depending on be McCallum, thinking actually. about, and also they thinking about the possibility of playing Manchester United. Very true. Yeah. So they've got the Newport County replay, I guess, a few days after that. So, yeah, that's every chance for Southend to win that one, which is will be good. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's just in the shot's hands, isn't it? That they can um, they shouldn't be too far away uh, once we've resumed the league status. I think. I suppose the only danger would be is where we're playing a lot of these Tuesday games that are the games in hand, that if we lose a few of those, it might feel like it's slipping away a bit. And obviously, when we if we do start going further in the trophy, then we'll start to have more games moved to Tuesdays as well. Yes. Any idea if we're doing a replay with Bishop Stortford, if it's level on 90 or we do what we did with Eastleigh where we've agreed it's, yeah, to go to pens extra time than pens on the day I think that's I think that's standard across the board on the oh okay trophy, I had a feeling I, I saw some replays in the last round but it, oh, it was yeah. down to agreement possibly yeah, but maybe yeah um, but yeah I haven't actually seen anything saying otherwise um, yeah um, any other thoughts on, on that on that Julian the, the kind of the, the the run of form fixtures we've got um, post Kidderminster. Yeah, I'm just interested to get your thoughts on whether we do need to make some acquisitions during the month because okay, Hadji's going to be away for another couple of games and yeah, although it's a bit of a weird one because I think we have got strength and depth but you look at our bench sometimes and it feels quite light so um, yeah, I'm just wondering whether we need to bring in another defender, perhaps even another midfielder, um, just to bolster things up. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think I think our our bench does always strike me as attacking, and it looks like oh, most of the time we know what players are going to come on. There there is no we are usually going to put on an attacker, bring off an attacker. Um, so we've only normally got that one defender, haven't we? But Mullins or yeah, or it's a returning injured player, isn't it? I suppose that's coming back and would normally fit in the side or is is coming in. So yeah, it, but but where do we do we go for someone that's? I don't think we would go for someone established. I think we would have to be bringing in someone young and wanting to prove themselves. As as Widdington's kind of wanted to talk about quite a lot as well is his recruitment and his um yeah probably preference for for younger players. It'll be interesting to see. We're ten days into it. A lot of lot of clubs are kind of getting in there early with their with their, with their deals. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I know we probably need another centre back. Probably I don't know, or a defender that can do both. I mean, Hadji and Kobe have obviously proven they can do the centre back and right back role. Um, so yeah, interesting to see. What, what do you think, Ian? Well, I wonder whether you want to perhaps look at options for a loan from somebody that's perhaps out of favour in League 2 or League 1 even uh, or alternatively 
a youngster from from a club like that, perhaps. Because I think the thing with making acquisitions in January, it's always more expensive than when you're trying to do it in the summer. And the other thing that's concerning me is that now we potentially do have a bit of money behind us that when we're making inquiries to other clubs that the price will go up because it's all to shot and they know that we're not out with the begging bowl like we used to be. So I wonder whether just trying to loan some players for the defence might be the way to go because obviously we've got Minoga away but he will come back. We've got people that seem to be returning from injuries that um, Widrington O'Keefe have come back etc um, so yeah I'd look at the loan market see 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 what becomes available from then and you don't I suppose there's probably a sweet spot in the transfer window is, as well isn't there that you don't necessarily want to play your cards too early because you you perhaps want to see who goes where and if that leads to someone being out of favour, then there might be an opportunity. But at the same time, you don't want to be there at 10pm on the 31st of Jan just getting anyone, do you? So there's probably a sort of at some point 28th, 29th, 30th of Jan to to pick up someone. Uh, But defensive and... Yeah, loan, and unless, of course, Tommy and his team have scouted somebody, another rough diamond or uncut gem from the lower leagues. Yeah, you can imagine they've got a big a big spreadsheet of, of, of players that might fit into the, the system. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about the, the kind of FA Cup run, because it's probably the only transparent financial thing in the whole of football is how much prize money you get and the ticket share and all that kind of thing. So you, you get all these transfers that are undisclosed fees and all this kind of thing. As soon as you do well in the FA Cup, they're like, well, you've got an extra 50 grand there, why aren't you? Why aren't you stumping up with that? And we can't use the gutter an excuse every year, can we? You know, we've got to fix the, uh, fix the East Bank gutter. Uh, great. Well, I think we'll we'll leave it there on on the National League stuff and we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, the FA Trophy result and and the Kidderminster away incoming. 